We're talking about new stadiums, rule changes, a set offensive line, and it's all coming at you next. Thank you for joining us once again. This is Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. And we are here to talk to you about Buffalo Bills like we do a couple times a month in the offseason, every week during the season. And before we get to any of it, I got to ask you, buddy, now that we're talking to each other only every couple of weeks, do you miss me? I do, my friend. You know what I'm saying? And I'm excited to get on the pod this week, man. It, it, it's difficult trying to think of things to talk about, not trying to rehash old storylines and things we already talked about. But, man, these last couple of weeks since we've last heard from each other, a lot of things have happened. So I'm excited, man. Right. And we have to start by talking about the signing of Von Miller. Now, we're not going to spend too much time on it because it's a couple of weeks old at this point, but I haven't heard your thoughts on it, and I want to hear that, man. Well, you heard it. You Hey, it begins and ends there, man. It begins and ends there because I remember we were talking, and, you know, we were on our little chat lines, and I'm like, when the, the your boy went back to Washington, the third string running back, I was like, I really don't care about him. He's just going to be our third string running back like all the others we didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And uh, so everybody got their pennies in a bunch, was all up in arms. Uh, When he reneged on the contract, I really could care less. But then we got Von Miller, man. And is he not the biggest free agent signing we didn't ever had? I mean, mean, going back to Mario Williams, I mean, he might be the best one we didn't have. Mario Williams was in his prime. When the Bills signed him, Von Miller is past his prime at this point, but he's still a great player and he's a for sure slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famer. Exactly. There's no way around that. Exactly. And they've never brought in anybody quite like that before. Exactly. And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I, I feel you. I think that Mario Williams was in his prime and he gave us good years, but this is probably more important. Like, yes. when you get Von Miller, now it's like, okay, because we're good. So mm-hmm. now it's like we need him to put us over the top to try to win a Super Bowl. That's why I say, so maybe I'm using the wrong word. Maybe it's um, maybe more important rather than yeah. the biggest. I think, you're, I think you're right about that because the Bills are close right now. When they signed Mario Williams, they were trying to get there. They still didn't have a quarterback. And they put together an incredibly dominant defensive front, but it didn't get them to the playoffs. Right. This is a team that is already in the playoffs, is expected to go back as a Super Bowl favorite even before they signed Von Miller. And yeah. how how crazy does that sound, dude? Like, once again, we haven't been through the draft. We haven't been through the uh, summer training camps. We don't know how injuries going to affect. But for them to say that Buffalo Bills are the Super Bowl favorites, like. That's weird. Just think, man, just a mere couple of years ago, dude, like pre-Josh Allen. Like, just imagine where we were, bro. And I know, and I get it, man. This was a disappointing year. We had Super Bowl aspirations. We lost in the second round. But, I mean, 
just to have everybody high on us and have all these um, free agents say, hey, man, I came here because I want to play with Josh Allen. Like, <laughs> don't that sound crazy, bro? Like, we're not too far from move for being in the dumbdrums of the NFL. Now it's like we're the mark. Like, everybody's looking up at us. They're making moves down to how they're going to beat us. And, and granted, Miami has made some great moves. I, I mean, they really don't scare me. Their coach is kind of odd-looking. Um, <laughs> he does not look like a leader of men to me. I don't he know. I'm sorry. My, he reminds me of myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you better than him. I'm more scared of you than I am of him. But don't get me wrong. I know he's a, a great office of mine, I guess. But, yeah, he, he just doesn't. To me, he just doesn't have the look of a football coach. Like, you got to look like a football coach. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Sean McDermott, he's jacked, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you can tell he wakes up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get his workout in in the gym. He's jacked. This dude, man, he look like an analytics guy. And don't, there's nothing wrong with analytics, but I just don't see him when things start going bad and he really jumping down somebody's throat. Like, I could see Sean McDermott, like, choking somebody out if he had to <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not saying that Sean McDermott would do that, but I could just see that. You know what I'm saying? At, at minimum, he's going to bring you over to the wrestling mat. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Down. It got to be some of that, bro. It has to be some of that, you know? Well, I mean, Miami's dysfunction starts with their owner. And as long as he's there and he still has Chris Greer in place, I, I don't know where they're going. Well, I... I, I and this is a couple of things. Once again, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. And so just looking at the signings throughout the league, like they, they, they're they bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, and I love Bridgewater. I mean, when he was with New Orleans, he won six games two years ago. I, was that two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when uh, Breeze – yeah. So two years when Breeze got hurt, um, it's difficult for me to keep uh, time together now because it's like pre-COVID, post-COVID. Um but yeah, when Breeze got hurt, he came in. I think he went six or seven and oh, and then he went to Denver. So I mean, he's a winner. I I predict. I'm see. I'm gonna start giving hot takes now. See, now I'm a year and a half deep into this. I can start getting hot takes. Yeah, so, absolutely. You Everybody know, knows what kind of guy you are. Bring you know, it hot. You know what I'm saying? You got when we first started. I was like, ah, I got a tiptoe. You know, no. I'm gonna start giving hot takes, bumpy. I say Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback in Miami by the time, by the end of the year. Okay. What's the okay. over under on which week he becomes the. Oh, I have I have to look at the schedule and see how it falls. But I will say it ain't going to be no, it isn't going to be like, um, like Miami's out of the playoffs. Let's just go with Bridgewater. No, I'm saying they're going to probably pull Tua. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, let's just say mid year. Okay. And I and I believe the same way with uh, the New York Giants. They bringing in our boy Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's going to supplant Daniel Jones by week four or five. Week four or five. Wow. No, no. You know what? No. Let me shut up. Can I take that back? Let's yeah. say mid year. Let's say mid year. Okay. You know, I'll say by mid year. There, Tyrod. Tyrod will look better than Daniel Jones. Absolutely. You know. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and since then, Tom Tom Brady came back since then, right? We talked. Yeah. About that. Okay. Yeah. All right, and so. you know, the Bills being Super Bowl favorites in the AFC, I, I think you have to also keep in mind that the AFC has become an absolute gauntlet of offensive firepower. 
Also, Russell Wilson ended Russell up Russell Wilson in, to Denver. Yeah, we missed then. all that. And we have the signings going on in uh, and trades going down over in San Diego, bringing in J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Yep. It's like, oh, dear God, if you're the Bills, how do you deal with this? Yeah, the AFC is definitely a better conference. And I believe right now the AFC West is the best division. It's, it's definitely the best division of football when it comes to the QB position. Well, I don't think it's even close. Yeah, so I will say that. But Kansas City, did they get worse by letting the speedster go to Miami? I think it's telling that they're willing to let him go. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's rather telling. Also, they received such a haul of draft picks. Right. You almost have to. If, if somebody came to me and offered me that package for Stefan Diggs, saying, see you later, Stefan. I can sign someone off the street if I need to. Oh, and you know my theory when it comes to this. If you have a good GM, then yes. And I would Brandon Bean do right by those picks? Sure. Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, because if you look at his drive, it's hitting and miss, yeah. But if you hit on those drive picks, that's how you build a dynasty. Right. All right, and Miami, when you give away whole drafts for one person, if it's not a quarterback, it that never works out. Name mm-hmm. me one. Name me one where you give away a haul, and I'll name you three more where it didn't work uh, work out. Well, the first one that came to mind was Julio Jones. Okay. I mean, they, they gave up a lot of picks for that. Worked out well. He ended up becoming a Hall of Fame receiver, but they didn't necessarily win more games because they right. had Julio Jones. Right. And I just look like going all the way back to Herschel Walker, dude, all right. Oh, well. <laughs> Going all the way back. Oh, sorry, that was my microphone. Going all the way back, that's how Dallas Dallas built their dynasty. Mm-hmm. When they when Dallas traded away uh Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings and they got all that uh all the draft picks. Mm-hmm. I think about uh Ricky Williams going to the Saints mm-hmm. and giving up a whole a whole draft just to get a running back. Like and Ricky was a good player. I mean, he had good years in Miami too, but yeah, I, I, you just giving up all that for a non-quarterback is 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 hard, man. And so uh, I don't think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, if you are one player away, right, you consider it. Mm-hmm. But that one player has to be a quarterback, doesn't it? You you would think that, like that's what I'm saying. Like, is he really going to make Miami better? I mean, if two is not the guy then it doesn't matter what you do around them. Like, you know? Yeah. Frankly, I'm upset with them for doing that deal because it makes Stefan Diggs more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And people have been worried about his tweets. Is he mm-hmm. implying that he's demanding a trade? And then some stupid rumor came out that he was demanding a trade to Carolina, which doesn't make a shred of sense. But anyway... Let's get back to the Buffalo Bills with that. Yep. Yep. We were talking about the AFC and what a great conference it's become, but also players talking about how they want to come to Buffalo because of Josh Allen. Well, the NFL just announced that they are changing their overtime rule because they want to see more of Josh Allen. 
(laughs) (laughs) For those of you who haven't heard, the NFL is changing their overtime rule to ensure that both teams get the ball in overtime. And the reason they're doing that is because of that Bills Chiefs game in the playoffs where Buffalo didn't get a possession. Chiefs went down the field, scored game over. Sudden death. It's always been that way. But here we are. Both teams are going to get a possession. Because the NFL wants the drama and they felt that they needed more Josh Allen that night. How unbelievable is it that the NFL has implemented a new rule because they wanted to see more of the Buffalo Bills quarterback? That's when you know you made it, when they start changing rules for you, brother. You know what I'm saying? You look at the NBA, going back to the 90s, man, they would play a defense – the 80s and 90s, it was brutal. They was like, you know what? We want to score more. So, no, now you can't touch Michael Jordan. You can't touch LeBron James. So they changed the rules about hand checking. Some of the greatest big men, big men in the NBA that ever played, they changed rules, okay, so they could score more. This George Mikan, mm-hmm. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, exactly. And so for them to change the rules simply because of what happened in our playoff game, that just speaks volumes to where Josh Allen is in this league, man. I tell you, it's it's incredible. But here's the thing about that game. We know that the defenses, they were just phoning it in at the end of that game. Like It was almost as if they weren't even on the field. Right. I wonder if that game that took place two months ago I wonder if that game would still be going if they had the college rules. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm just getting in from Simone's soccer game. I didn't really – I saw the alert, but I didn't read up on it, which is my apologies. Is it that they're going to do it like college where they put the ball on the 30-yard line and you get a chance, I get a chance, you get a chance, I get a chance? No. Okay. So is it the coin flip, I take the ball, I go down? If I you stop me, you get the ball and you score the games over. Yeah. Okay. So what if Kansas City went down, and they scored? Then we would have got the ball back. Let's say if we go down and score, what happens? They get we kick off. They get the ball, and then you got to stop them. Okay. So if they score again, that's game. Okay, and so the clock will still be running. See, that's the thing, too. In college football, the clock, it, it doesn't matter. So, right. okay, so it's all about possession. So the clock is still going. So once you score, I score, then whatever happens after that happens. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. Okay, that makes sense. Basically, what I was looking for is what I really wanted was you had to have the lead and possession of the ball. That That's what I wanted. Now, if that were the case, like I said, that game with, with no defenses, I bet you by this point, they both teams have 3,000 points and they'd still be going. They would have had to delay the Super Bowl, the draft, and everything else because there was no defense that was going right. to show up. That right. Game. And that's what it felt like. Well, yeah. that it overtime, was, yeah. I should say. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It was, it was literally... <clears throat> Excuse me. It was literally whoever has the ball last, and and they were fortunate. And, and I'm not taking that away from Kansas City. Obviously, we have much respect for Kansas City, but we, I have no doubt in my mind, this ain't sour grapes. I just really believe this is the truth. If we would have won the coin toss, we would have won. 
I, at that, I at that point, that. yes. At that point, yes. I have um, no doubt in my mind we would have drove down the field and scored. They won the coin toss. We couldn't stop them. But, if it, I mean, we just lost the coin toss. Yeah. Um, the question is, everybody says if the Bills won that game, they would have gone to the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs were the better team because they won, and they've won three of the last four against the Bills. They didn't go to the Super Bowl, so why is it an assumption that the Bills would have? Because they when they played, <laughs> that wasn't the same team we played the next week. The Bengals <laughs> played the dumbed-down version of Kansas City. We got their best shot. And I have no that. doubt in my mind that we would have beat Cincinnati. I have no doubt in my mind. Okay. I do have doubts. Huh? I, but you know what? There's no way to know. And uh, So you think Cincinnati's better than us? I'm not saying I think that they're better. I just don't think it's a given that the Bills win that game. The Chiefs proved to be a better team, and they lost. But they didn't. But they didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, because now it sounds like I'm hating on the Chiefs. But it's like we know if they would have played like ifs and buts and Kenny and us, we'd all have Merry Christmas. But <laughs> they, if they would have played like that against us, we would have won by thirty. We took their yeah. best shot. They yeah, didn't give. They didn't give the Bengals. See, it was a heavyweight fight, Kansas City Buffalo. And then once they played the Bengals, it was like they didn't even show up. That wasn't the same team. No, they they didn't have anything left after right. the Bills game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something derogatory, but, you know, you can't say this is PG. But, you know, when they say you blow your, you know, that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show. I'm not going to say that. But, yeah, <laughs> you blow your blank. That's what That's what they did. <laughs> I told you, man. I'm telling you. I'm tenured now. I'm tenured now, man. They can't get Buffalo Rumblings can't get rid of me. So no. Nah. Nah, <laughs> they can fire me. They'll fire me tomorrow. But yeah, I just think we got their best shot and they didn't play their best against the Bengals. So So what's it gonna look like a few years down the road when the Bills are playing an AFC championship game in the new stadium that has been announced by the state county? And the Buffalo Bills. Is it going to be a dome? No. It's not a dome? No. Okay, is it going to be coverings like Miami where only thing everything's covered except like the field? The majority of the stands are going to be covered. Okay, that's good. That's what I want to hear. Yes. Um, I would, I would love if it was a dome and maybe like a retractable roof type deal, but... Um, I think that is awesome. 30-year deal. What is it, like 1.4 bill? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pagulas are going to fork over like what? 300, 400 mil of their own money? 550 million. 550, okay. Um, there's going to be PSL, public seat licensing. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg but to, uh, to go to see a game at the Taj Mahal. But it had to be done. It did. It had to be done. When you have a crumbling upper deck on your current stadium and it's going to cost $800 million to fix that, you might as well spend the extra $600 million and have a brand new stadium. Might as well get the new one, bro. 
Might as well get the new one. I mean, we go through that same thought process with household goods and appliances, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> As regular people, man, it's like you fix that washer, just go ahead and get a new one. Yeah. And, and with cars. I mean, how much money are you going to stick in your car before you realize, oh, Betsy got to be retired and you need to go into the car line and get a new one, even though car prices are astronomical right now? Well, they, they are. And so are stadium prices. God, $1.4 billion, and it's not a dome? $1.4 yeah. bill doesn't get you what it used to. But I bet you it's going to be beautiful. I bet you that. Yeah. I bet you it's going to be nice, man. I'm happy. Um, Buffalo loves it and it just secures and you see from the owners meeting I saw some of the tweets um, that everybody's happy the Jets was very complimentary the Giants like yeah and everybody and uh, Roger Goodell said he was like this just ensures that in his lifetime Buffalo will not leave with a third year lease well did you see the um, the penalty if the Bills were to leave before that lease is up Mm -mm. oh Pretty ironclad. If the team leaves, they will have to reimburse the state and the county for all of the money that the state and the county put up for the stadium plus interest. Oh. Yeah. Now, let's just hope that 20 years down the road, $800 million is still $800 million. (laughs) It won't be. Stadiums would be five or six billion by the year. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're they're inching their way toward that when you look at the stadiums out in Vegas and and LA. Yeah. I mean, they're not far off. I know, yeah. Tell me about it. Personnel news. Let's talk about that. The Buffalo Bills matched the offer to Ryan's Ryan. Ryan Ryan Rick Bates. Four-year deal, huh? Four years, $17 million, $8.8 million in the guaranteed in the first two years. What do you think? Not to be negative, Nancy, um, I was hoping that we we would bring in maybe somebody better. Uh, our offensive line played decently down the stretch, so that means we're basically running it back, except we got uh, Roger Saffold. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's the one person that we changed. But they played decent down the stretch. Uh, to give Ryan Bates four years, that's assuring that he's going to be starting at that left guard position. He's a starter, man. Um, Maybe right guard. I'm meh. I, I, like you famously say, I'm meh about it. Uh, hopefully, if we could just pick up where we left off at the end of last year, and be able to run the football more, I guess I'll be more excited. But I don't know. I, I think I wanted more resources put put into the offensive line, I guess. Um, maybe a, a higher drive pick at that position. Perhaps in the second, third round, you could get a starter there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, man, I'm on the fence with the signing. I'm surprised that the Bills matched it. They must have loved what they saw from him. Mm-hmm. And for him to get that level of a contract offer from the Chicago Bears who are absolutely desperate for offensive linemen. So the Bears were in a position where they could overpay for a guy. Brandon Bean rolled the dice. 2.4 million was the the tender that went to him. 
the Bills obviously looked at it and said, okay, we could give them a second round tender that would take them all the way up to $3.9 million for one season. Mm -hmm. So he basically rolled the dice and said, okay, somebody might offer him a contract, but it probably won't go over 3.9 million. Well, (laughs) it did, but not by a lot. And realistically, you're not actually paying him that much more per season than you were paying John Feliciano. And we have potential here in Ryan Bates. He did a very good job at the end of last season. Yeah. If he builds on that, if he were playing under a one-year deal this season and he improved on last year, he was going to get probably more than he received this offseason. But this way, the Bills have it locked in for four years. This right. could turn out to be a good bargain. It could be. And and don't get me wrong, because everybody's like, oh, Newt, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, why are you hating on a Listen to what I'm saying. I'm only looking at it from the spectrum. He's still young, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm only looking at it from the standpoint of we're trying to win the Super Bowl next year. You see what I'm saying? We're trying to win in 22. So everything, in my mind, everything should be in the hopes of, hey, we're swinging for the fences. And and that's what I said at the beginning of the show. We did that with Von Miller. We did that with Von Miller. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, okay, what? when the draft comes, maybe you get the second round pick, third round pick. You can get a starting level guard in the second or third round, that's probably going to give you what Ryan Bates is going to give you next year. Unless he improves dramatically. Don't get me wrong. I've been wrong before. I did You not have see, not. I have not seen Josh Allen. I, no one thought that Josh Allen, except for the people who was on board with them from the beginning, that would take the leaps and brown that he took. So Okay, fine. Maybe you're wrong about that one. Okay. But nothing else. <laughs> I said it. I mean, I'm really ready to tell y'all. Like, oh, I want Josh Rosen. So, what do I know? But all I'm saying is, is that because you? I'm only saying it to say because you said that this could be a bargain going forward if could he be. gets better. Right. I don't care about going forward. I care about this year. <laughs> you okay. see what I'm saying? Everything is about this year. Let me tell you why I think it's good for this year. Okay. When you go into the draft. Without having a glaring need, we have glaring needs. Okay, we need a corner. We we need a corner. <laughs> we need a corner. We cannot go into this season with Saran Neal as a starting corner. Well, it would be Dane Jackson, but yes, you're right. So, save for corner, if you go into the draft without any real needs. This puts you in a position where you start to draft for depth and for the future. Saffold is only on a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. So let's say the Bills do use that second or third round pick on a guard. You're probably going to get a pretty good prospect in, in those rounds. You could have a guy who is ready to step in and play if there's injuries, which inevitably there's going to be. And you could have a guy that, in the future, and I know you don't want to talk about the future, but you get a good cost-controlled player. But even for this year, you bring in guys that are talented, you're building your depth, and you got to stack those guys up, man. 
That's how that's how the best teams do it. Because I can promise you, even though the Bills have been ridiculously healthy over the past few seasons, and credit goes to their training staff for that, but they're not going to make it to the playoffs with every starter in the lineup. So they got to have the guys that can step it up and push them on that Super Bowl run. And this is how you do it. You fill in all of your voids in free agency, and then your draft picks become luxuries. So do you think we're at a point right now that we're driving the best player available right now? I think you got to go corner right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I don't really see a way around that. But... I think beyond beyond corner, once you get that hole filled, and I assume they're going to do it in the first round, then it's best player available, except for maybe quarterback. What about what about wide receiver? I think it's something that you have to consider to be higher on the list. You know, because you don't even when you go best best player available, like there there's still there's still some criteria that that players need to meet, right? Like you're not going to draft a quarterback no matter what this season, right? Well, you won't drive one high. You might drive one in the later rounds. Yeah, you could. You could. I wouldn't say receiver is a pressing need, but they do need more depth there. And I I would love to see a guy that has a starter pedigree that, that would go there. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to them taking the linebacker high. I wouldn't be opposed to them taking an offensive lineman at any of the positions. Uh, really, just about even. I don't. I don't like running backs in the first round, but if it's a guy that can make a huge difference, I'm not opposed to that. It. Yeah. I I want to see, and I know it's not going to work out like this because under. Uh... Brandon Bean is never what we want. I mean, so, but I would like to see cornerback first round, wide receiver second round, or vice versa, and then offensive line the third. And after that, I don't care. If so, if I could draw it up, that that's probably <laughs> what I would want to. You but, could get us. I feel like at our pick in this draft, this draft is wide wide receivers heavy. So I feel like if we go corner. First round, we could get a starting wide receiver in the second round, and we get a starting level offensive lineman in the third. I think that'll be perfect. I'll be more than happy if you can actually land a starter level player in the second round. Um, you know this this is not the same wide receiver class that we saw the past couple of years. You know, there, there's no CD Lambs or Jamar Chases coming out. I don't know, man. I'm hearing that this is pretty deep, so I don't know. It's deep, but it's not star-studded. This this draft is going to be really good for receivers in the second and third rounds. You're going to get good values there. Right. I got you. Yeah. So we we signed Jamison Crowder. Love that signing, by the way. Let's talk about that because I don't. I think that happened within our last couple of weeks. So yeah, does that mean Cole Beasley? We tried to ask for a trade. Nobody wanted to give us anything, so he's just out there in limbo. Yeah, nice knowing you. Thanks for the memories. What do you think about that? 
Uh, He's one year removed from being all pro. I think that Cole Beasley was handicapped by having broken ribs this past season. I I think you, had he not broken his ribs, you would have seen a far more productive player. Okay. But that that said, I really like Jamison Crowder. So you feel like that's an upgrade? I feel like it could be. Okay. It's there. There's a chance that it could be. He's never quite had the, the stats that Beasley has when Beasley has been in Buffalo, but he's had five seasons where he's caught a minimum of 59, uh, receptions. Uh, he's gone over 800 yards a couple times. He's, uh, he's a guy who knows how to get open from the slot. He's, He's productive everywhere he goes, and he's never really had a great quarterback throwing to him. He's had Kirk Cousins. That was probably the best, and an old Alex Smith, and then, God, with the Jets, he had Darnold and uh, Zach Wilson throwing to him. Okay. And then Emmanuel Sanders is still out there in limbo also, right? It's time for him to retire. Okay. So my question to you is, putting you on the spot, are we better at the wide? And let's just say we don't draft a wide receiver. Let's just say we stand pat with what we have: Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder. Those are three starting receivers. Then you got Kumaro, Isaiah McKenzie, Marquez Stevenson. Is our wide receiver room better, the same, or worse than the beginning of uh, this time last year? Worse. Okay. Okay. And I say that it's worse because there's no equivalent of Emmanuel Sanders. So we, we can say that we can say that Diggs and Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie are, we can say they're basically going to be the same players that they were last year. Crowder and Beasley cancel each other out but there is no equivalent of Emmanuel Sanders. And even though he wasn't getting a lot of playing time by the time the playoffs rolled around, right. he still is better than the depth pieces that the Bills have. Kumaro isn't as good. Marquez Stevenson isn't as good, even still. But Emmanuel Sanders was a starting receiver. Here's what I'm asking. You don't think Gabriel Davis could give us what Emmanuel Sanders gave us this year? I think it's different because he has a more limited route tree. But I'm just saying statistically, do you think he'll give a – because I think Gabriel Davis – I think Gabriel Davis – another hot take. Uh, 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 Hot takes. I think Gabriel Davis is going to be better than Emmanuel Sanders this year. Okay. I I think that's going to happen this year. He's going to be – he's going to be better than what he was. That – I feel like he's going to springboard into 22 what he did against Kansas City Chiefs, breaking all-time receiving records in the playoffs. He's going to have a good year. I think he'll have a good year. If if we don't draft another wide receiver now. Now, if we go wide receiver in the first, then maybe he's going to get pushed down to the fourth receiver. So if you think that he's going to have a big season – why do you support taking a receiver? Because maybe you could get somebody better. Okay. Who has who do, doesn't have a limited route tree? Okay. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, and once again, we're going to get into the draft and the prospects and the people, but if you take a first-round receiver and he and he gives you, like like you said, C.D. Lamb, like he's going to be our number two. And let's say he got all the routes, he got all the speed, and then you got James Crowder at the slide. Now Gabriel Davis is back at his fourth at back in his spot at the fourth, you mm-hmm. might be able to get somebody better than him to who this receiver is going to be our number two receiver. And then now Stefan Diggs is going to be going at the 22, perhaps. Then now he moves into number one. Gabriel uh, Davis is number two. Mm-hmm. I think, I just think that's possible. That's if you want, you know, if you want to uh, put that kind of resource into it. Me personally, once again, my first round pick would be undoubtedly would be uh, at cornerback. Yeah, because I think you could get a start level corner outside of Davis White. Also, we don't even know if Davis White gonna be healthy week one, and right. what is he gonna look like when he come back? I would just feel better if we had that kind of resource at you and know. Even if he is healthy, is he gonna be hundred percent? Exactly. Yeah. So go corner. I think you know, but once again, we don't have all. When we give our opinions, it ain't like we have all the you know information. We don't know what to I don't. I haven't heard anything about Davis White. Have you? Yeah, I heard that at least the team is saying that he seems to be slightly ahead of schedule in his recovery. But, okay, that's good. You know, yeah, yeah, but you can't believe that stuff. Yeah, until we see it, huh? <laughs> they always try to they they yeah. always try to spin things for the positive. They wouldn't tell you if he were if he was running behind. Right. Right. So he doesn't look the same. <laughs> yeah, they ain't gonna say that, right? So, <laughs> I will feel much more comfortable in our roster if we went we went corner, and then I guarantee you. Hole. And you know how we always get together for the draft, and it's like Mel Kiper is gonna be saying that he's gonna be like, yeah, you know, Buffalo Bills had a great year. They need to fill a hole at cornerback and wide receiver, and all there. I guarantee you, Mel Kiper is gonna say that. And so it's like it's reiterating what we're seeing, you know. Mm-hmm. So then when your GM does something different and Mel Kuyper gives you a bad grade, now what you like, what does Mel Kuyper know? I mean, I get it, but that's why I feel like our draft has been hit and misses over the last couple of years. Been some they good, have been. been some bad. They have been. And, you know, the way I look at it is when your team – isn't good, you need to come out of every draft with three new starters. When your team becomes good, like the Buffalo Bills are, I feel like you need to come out of it with a starter and two solid contributors. And I would agree with that. I could could go with that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, the Bills did it a couple years ago when they drafted Deion Dawkins along with a slew of other people. Got some starters. But then a couple of years ago with AJ Epinesa and crew, you know, they, they didn't hit real big on that with the exception of, um, well, I guess Greg Dean Rousseau. Jackson ended up playing, but what'd you say? No, I thought you were saying Greg Rousseau. Oh, that was last year, yeah. the year before. Okay. Well, AJ yeah. well, I mean, Rousseau is a starter. That's, that's saying something. Right. That's positive. Yeah. What do you think about us bringing back Shaq Lawson? Uh, depth signing. Yeah, yeah. He signed for a vet minimum deal. He's he obviously has something to prove. Uh, same with um, uh, Jordan, Jordan Phillips. Phillips. 
I'm happy we got Jordan. I was such a big fan of Jordan Phillips. And he left, and I get it, man. You had a great year. Go get paid. I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm so happy he came back, though. I loved him when he was with the Bills. Yeah. Passionate. Passionate guy. I hope he plays the run better than he used to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Daquan Jones, Tim Settles, and uh, D-Tackles. So I guess Starla Tulele, he's out in the street, I guess. Yep. So. uh, And nobody has signed him, so that must tell you something. Exactly. Who is still, is there anybody now? I mean, I don't know exactly where our salary cap is up to the minute, but is there anybody that right now you want to bring back at this point? No. Okay. No, I I think they need depth, but I don't think any of their unsigned players need to come back. Um, I I think that the Bills are going to be very quiet until after the draft, and then you're going to see them bring some dudes in on the veteran minimum. Is sort of the after the dust clears and settles, they'll bring in some guys that they can get some value on, but they're they're going to be making a very small amount of money comparatively. I was happy we brought back Taiwan Jones. I was too. You know, special teams guy seems like a Buffalo guy through and through. I like that. Um, Case Keenum, Matt, and we brought back Matt Barkley. Yeah, trying to keep Josh Allen happy. Yeah. yeah so like besties, uh, we both wanted we both wanted Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in. So, yeah. I wonder if the Keenum deal, though, is better in the long run because you know he'll be around yeah. longer. Um, but, you know, it was said that the Bills did their homework and they spoke to all the available quarterbacks. And uh, I'm willing to bet that it was probably Fitz saying, nah, I don't want to sit the bench. Mm. Right. I'd, I'd rather retire than sit the bench. What you think he you think he gonna get a start level job out there? Oh, I don't think so, but oh, he okay. might. Okay. Did yeah. you know he went to Harvard? No, I, I didn't know that. No, he wears his wedding band too. I was about to say that too. <laughs> Did you know he wears his wedding band during the games? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the Cleveland situation? I think that they just got a whole lot better. And I think about it from the perspective of a Bills fan, which is I did not want to see them with a roster that's already loaded end up with a premier quarterback mm-hmm. and a premier human being at that. <laughs> Do you think he's going to play a full season? No. I think there's a suspension coming. Yeah, it's going to be a suspension. It's going to be a suspension. Yeah. And so, uh, well, when I talked about that, I was kind of talking about um, your boy writing his letter, his goodbye. He knew the writing was on the wall. He knew that uh, Deshaun Watson was coming in. Right. So he tried to jump in front of it. I don't know if he's going to – I don't know what's going to happen to him. I don't know – it's, it just feels like, you know, you put in musical chairs, the song stops, and no more chairs are left. I mean, if it's only a couple of teams that need a, a starting quarterback. 
mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, and Jimmy Garoppolo is available for right. trade right now too. So right. it's not even like you have the only guy with starting experience that's you know waiting to be traded. And the other thing is the teams that are out there right now that might be considering it, they know that they can hold the Browns hostage. Right. Yeah. You know, what What are the Browns going to do? Go into the season with him on the roster still? Not yeah, a chance. Yeah, you can't do that. You'll have a divided locker room. I don't think you even would. I think you would just have a pissed off Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Disgruntled. He'll be disgruntled. That's a much better way of putting it. Much <laughs> softer. Did you watch the Oscars? Uh, no, but I saw a video. Will Smith slaps. He B-slapped Chris Rock. I asked my wife if somebody said something derogatory about her, whether they were joking or not, would she want me to go walk up and hit the guy in the face? No way. She said if it was bad enough, she would want to do it herself. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I'll pay for. Your wife's a sweetheart. I can't see her thinking that she would want you to fight in her honor. No. Not a chance. You tweeted violence solves nothing and no reason for you to ever escalate it to violence. Well, I think my exact words were, I always think that there's a better alternative than resorting to violence. And I agree with it in this situation. If Will Smith would have just walked up and whispered in his ear or said, like, apologize to my wife right now. Chris Rock would have did it, and that would have had the same effect as you putting your hands on him. The other thing is Will Smith may have harmed his reputation doing that. Yeah. He was considered by many to be very likable in the industry, and wow, that was that combined with his tearful, strange rant after that. Um, yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Is he on something? <laughs> well, and just think, man, going back to his rapid days, he was a dude that never even cussed in his raps. Now he going up on stage just slapping people like. And but, dropping F-bombs. Right. I mean, but I think a lot of it is, man, his relationship with uh, Jada Pickett Smith. I mean, because she's on The View and she, well, not The View, I'm sorry. she got a talk show. And she talks openly about a lot of things. And it's just like on social media, man. When you put stuff on social media, you're putting, making yourself susceptible to being judged. You make yourself susceptible to those type of things, people cracking on you and joking on you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if they were more pri- private, like I, my friend and I was talking about this, man, like Jay-Z and Beyonce, like you hear nothing about Beyonce. Mm, you know what I'm saying? She just comes out. She ain't tween. She ain't like the Kardashians and all these other people. And uh, and Russell Wilson, Sierra, Russell Wilson's wife, always Instagramming. And Gabrielle Union always Instagramming. And she in bathing suits. And D-Wade got to tell people, don't be talking about my wife. Like, Beyonce does none of that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like she puts him as a husband, put him in vulnerable situation. So look at it. Let's dumb it down to us regular people. If your wife was the type of person who goes to the bar and gets, you know, wasted, and she's talking crap to everybody like some of the women we know from the bars, 
right? You're going to have to protect her virtue all the time. She's going to be putting you in bad situations all the time. Well, I learned a lesson a long time ago not to be with a woman like that because I am the biggest pussy I've ever met in my life. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god! And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be with somebody like that because very early in my twenties, I was dating this woman um, who. <laughs> We're at a party and she walks up to me. She's like, Jamie, that guy's talking to me like he knows me. She was a New Yorican, as a matter of fact. Um, so I can do an impression of the accent that she had. He's talking to me like he knows me. And I'm like, oh, do you know him? No, he's talking to me like he knows me. And I'm like, does he know you? Like, I'm not understanding what's going on here. And... uh what it was is um, I guess he had a bit of a familiar tone with her and she didn't approve of it. So she was coming over to me to tattle on him. So I would do something about it. And basically anytime we went out, um, I was almost getting my ass kicked. (laughs) So that didn't last very long. Yeah, man. I mean, so we are generally speaking, I borderline on like pacifist in my personal life. Uh, but you are not a person who ever wants to come to blows with anybody and you speak out against it. Are we hypocrites that we sit here and have a football podcast, yet we talk about how there should never be violence, yet we spend our days talking about such a violent game? No. I didn't think so. It's a game. We all love football. It is a game, and people are choosing to partake right. and abide and by get, the rules. And getting paid handsomely for it. Yeah. You know. So, no, I don't think it's hypocritical. Mm-hmm. You know. Bad. Anyway, it was good catching up with you, buddy. Always good, man. Maybe we can get together. I'll be in town. So maybe you won't catch a game or something this weekend. You want to see Wizards against Dallas? Dallas will be in town. Yeah. So maybe we Keep me posted, together. buddy. Yeah, let's do that, man. And I miss y'all, Bills Mafia. We get a new stadium. Pinto yeah. Ryan, man. He going to have a Taj Mahal to look out at while he cooking the wings on the hood of his Pinto, man. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. Love y'all, man. See y'all in a couple of weeks. Hey, hey, hey.